This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we would agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd and Friends Podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Greg Snow sitting in for Todd Bergeth. But it's a Monday, so we have to have Todd on. And Todd was nice enough to say, just call me, Greg. So I did. Todd, how you doing today? Well, uh, I've felt better, that's for sure. But uh, nonetheless, not too bad. As long as I'm not around the public, you know, we're probably a little more aware of that these days. Yes. Than other times. So, uh, yeah, good enough to do the podcast, uh, certainly. Uh, thanks for sitting in uh, back at the station. I appreciate it. Well, glad to do it because here's why, Todd. I, I love these moments when I we get to chair reversal because you're always the guy who has to ask all the questions and kind of get others' opinions. Now mm. the role kind of changes. I get to ask you your opinion, and, you, you know, you don't mind giving your opinion. I mean, you, <laughs> offer, you offer it up willingly, but, again, you don't get that situation very often. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, today will be the yeah. day. So, yeah, all right. Okay, so another Vikings Monday-ish, a weird week, obviously, with the Saturday game. But, uh, Todd, I walked away from that game feeling the same I have almost all year of, man, we should have won that game, or, man, we could have lost that game. It just kind of seems the way it is this year, and I wasn't even angry about it. But how did you feel walking away from that game? You know, we had a lot of close games last year, and we just won them all. I mean, nobody had ever gone 11-0 in one-score games before. Well, clearly we weren't going to do that again this year. So it's been a lot of one-score games again. We've won some, we lost some. That's more typical of an NFL team. It seems like, you know, they're not as good, clearly, without Cousins quarterbacking, and that's a mess. And I still remember the first game when, when Dobbs came in and Mark Schlereth was the analyst. And he said, usually guys are career backups and move around between teams is because of ball security. He said a lot of them can play, but it's the ball security. They'll turn it over at bad times, and we saw that again uh, this week. Uh, But, you know, you come away from this game, it's strange because, to me, I have to look right at Kevin O'Connell a little bit, too. I mean, clearly we should never have been in the overtime. I, I think Brian Flores, again, for some reason, can protect a lead. That's not the first time the Vikings have blown a fourth-quarter lead because Flores decides to play a lot of zone, and he doesn't bring – now, this time he did bring more pressure, it seemed like, on the last drive, but they still give up the points, so the touchdown to tie it. But, but the coaching, I think, is, is uh, this week is uh, under some suspect. And what was the – why would you pick the smallest man on the <laughs> roster for your tush-push? That made no sense. And not only did it, it uh, make no sense from a mass perspective, but from you tipped off exactly what you were going to do and the snap count. Well, the whole thing is to have that be somewhat of a surprise, except for Philadelphia, because they just have better guys than everybody else. That's why they can do it. All right, Todd. Did you see on the fourth down then? Did you see Bradbury get jammed back oh, a whole yard? That reminded he me of manhandled. Yeah, it reminded me of 2021. So that was so that's on the coach. I mean, plays. No, I called a Ty Chandler, uh, uh, who played much better than I thought he would in a starting role. Give the ball to him. One of one of those two plays. <laughs> I I can't agree with you more, Todd. And I was going to ask you: uh, Do you give any credence to the idea that 
um, Kevin O'Connell said that there was a personnel matchup thing, meaning he didn't want to give the defense a chance to sub uh, somebody bigger in there. So he left Powell, and then that's the play to have Powell come in behind. I'm not buying it. Did, did you buy Fine. that explanation? Okay. Fine, but call another play out of it. Are you telling me that's the only play you could call with that personnel in there? There, no, there was no other play you could have optioned out of on fourth down uh, to run than that one play. I mean, he ran the exact same play twice in a row, too. And, yeah, that's fine. So he didn't want to change personnel. Does that mean you can't change the play? I, I didn't understand that. It didn't hold water for me. It no. doesn't hold for me either. And Mullins, I thought he changed some plays earlier in the game. So, again, could he have? But once Powell's standing behind your quarterback, now there's nothing well, you can really change, I don't think. It's not a clock situation right there anyway. They have time on the clock. It, uh, why, why couldn't he get – why wasn't he talking in his ear? That's not on Mullins at all. Mullins is QB4 here. So whatever, you know, you got to live with it. That, that means everybody has to step up around QB4, all right? Yep. At, Ty Chandler did just that. You know who didn't was O'Connell at the end, and not, not giving him the tools, not, not calling uh, plays well enough. That was stupid, those last two plays. You can't tell me you liked either of them. I hated both of them. Hated them both. You know, so after you hate, hate it once, to do it again and say you don't want to change personnel, that doesn't hold water. That was a huge blow. All right, let's go with this theory then. So we've, even on this podcast, have suggested that maybe O'Connell doesn't trust um, Chandler. Do you think that played a role in this? I mean, I have a hard time believing that as well because Chandler was awesome gave, all game. Nobody can deny it. But is that something yeah. that comes into play here? No. He gave him the ball, twenty what, 27 touches. Uh, he never fumbled it once. How would you not trust that? You know, he's probably had fumbling issues before, but so did Madison. So does Mullins. You know, so no, I don't buy that. Yeah, I'm not either. I don't know what happened. I think he just brain cramped on it. There you go. I think it was what I've called for years the I'm a genius syndrome. I'm so smart with what I do because look where I am now, one of only 32 guys in the NFL and even fewer that call their own offensive plays as well. So I can call anything I want and it will work. And even if it doesn't, you can't question me because I'm a genius. So I, it's the, I'm a genius syndrome, and I thought that afflicted him. Flora is asking O'Connell to take a timeout in that situation. Is that fair or foul? Is that something a defensive coordinator should never do, or did he know something that uh, maybe O'Connell didn't? What do you think about that? Do we, do, we, do we know that that's what happened? Well, we don't know for sure. We've just heard it through reports that Flores was asking I, O'Connell to call a timeout before the fourth down play. Call a timeout and then change the play. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> I, I think that's what Flores was getting at. Like that play's not yeah. going to work. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that, especially when Flores is a head coach himself previously for four years. Yeah, I just got. Now, he, he wasn't an offensive coach. I don't have any problem with that. Okay, kind of ignored him. You know, so I was going to say, uh, Todd, do you have any issues with knowing that he has some history as head coach? Does that threatening to Kevin O'Connell? Because you, like you mentioned, hey, I'm I have the God complex for a second here, and maybe he thought he was being challenged. I I don't I don't know. I just throwing these theories out and seeing if they stick with you. Uh, Did he have the God complex a little bit of Flores? Don't tell me what to do. Is that a maybe. possibility? Yeah, sure, that's possible, and that's why he didn't call the timeout. Yeah, sure, that's possible. All right, let me ask you another one. So I've seen mixed reports about Mullins. How would you grade his play 
throughout the course of that game? Where where did you land on uh, maybe even a final grade as well? Well, you know, he put up numbers. But again, it shows what numbers mean. They just don't mean anything. It's when it's the most crucial plays, he panics. He gets a D uh, for me. I mean, well, sure, he made a couple of plays, but in the most crucial moments, he, you know, turns the ball over. Two terrible interceptions. A touchdown pass that was somewhat fortunate that it found its way between, you know, two different players hands and arms swinging nearby, and somehow Addison makes the catch. That was a little lucky uh, down in there. The Vikings had a little uh, uh, fortune on some calls, I thought, too, here and there. Oh, yes. So, uh, so I don't know. I, it, they lost in overtime in a game in which they led by 14 in the fourth quarter. Everybody stinks. Nobody gets a good grade. Oh. The defense doesn't either. They played great, but then what happens in the fourth quarter? Are they out of gas? Is it play-calling? What's going on? Why why do they lose these leads in the fourth quarter? What did you see? What happened in yeah. the fourth quarter with the defense? To me, 14 points should be big enough to win in the fourth quarter, and they didn't. So it's on them, and, and Flores needs to be talked to us all. Maybe if Flores' defense had been able to actually defend a little, they wouldn't have had a disagreement about when to call timeouts. Well, I'm glad I asked you, Todd, because I'm indifferent about some of this stuff. I actually thought Mullins played okay, but then as I replayed it in my head, you said one time it was lucky. I think both touchdowns to Addison were lucky. I mean, the one where he fell on his rear end and kind of floated it out, that was an interception in the first half because he was further on his rear end. And then the, the second one where it was a jump ball and Addison somehow won, as soon as he threw it, everybody in the entire stadium, everybody watching on TV said, oh, no, oh, no. what exactly. are you doing? And then Addison yep. catches it, and now we're okay with it. We fall in love with the results sometimes more than we fall in love with what actually happened. And I could argue that same one when Addison caught it on his, shoe, uh, you know, on his shoestring. Obviously, it was a blitz, so there wasn't much happening in the secondary. You beat that guy. It rumbles for a 40-yard touchdown or whatever it was. So, yeah, yeah. You, you've talked me into this. Why I love talking to you, man, because you talked me into, like, some reality of what really happened. So those are 40 yak yards, or give or take, that show yeah. up on his 304 or 303 yards passing that probably shouldn't have even happened. Now, yeah. I want to give him some props. I thought all of his throws to Jefferson were beautiful throws, only yeah, where Jefferson could throws. catch it. And Jefferson only on two of them had to make what I would call a superstar catch. So all yep. of his balls to Jefferson made sense to me, and they were good. And yep. then all of a sudden, Hawkinson, he found his hands for a week, Todd. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he played well. He caught everything. But the story yep. no, of the hey, – back to your hey, question. Hey, hey. Go ahead. Mullins had uh, – you know what? Mullins gave the Vikings the lead. But unfortunately, in some key moments, he gave <laughs> he gave the opponent yeah. some points, too. Uh He's, he certainly had moments in the game where he threw a very nice ball down the field accurately, which is something that Dobbs can't do. Uh, I still, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the rookie play. Now, I know they said already it's Mullins because they're still in the playoff hunt, but I honestly didn't see anything from Mullins that would, you know, but they see these guys in practice every day. Right. But he was going to go with Hall anyway, but I suppose they would have went with Mullins initially if he hadn't been on injured reserve, so 
it goes back to Mullins was their original backup in case, and it happened. So here he is. Well, that that took care of my next question. So that's good. So now I got to adjust as the radio host here. I got to find another question. So I want to go back and say I am not mad at Flores for this game. I thought the defensive scheme was okay. I think he only rushed three a handful of times, which is a pet peeve of mine. I don't ever want to see a three-man rush in this day and age. I think it's too long for our little short cornerbacks to cover a T. Higgins type of a player. And oh, my it, God. Was that a play? Right? And, it, and then the one at the end of the half, he should have caught that one too, Todd. That yeah, was also a yeah. jump ball one that ended up hitting the turf and we got lucky on. So yeah. I don't want to see Flores leave our – undersized defensive backs out to dry again. And Cam Bynum showed up small too, by the way, in a couple plays. Yeah, I didn't realize how small did. he was. So I would like to see Flores stay aggressive, use pace. I don't know, is he even playing Anthony Barr? I didn't even notice Barr out there. No, I never saw him play. I never saw him play. I think doesn't mean he didn't, you know, because we, we all always watch the ball and the view through your television is very myopic, but yes. I never saw him in the game. And usually if he comes in, they they would mention, oh, Anthony Barr, yes. he was a four-time Pro Bowler for the Vikings back in the day. Now yes. he's a free agent pickup, so I don't think he played. So does, right, this, just depth, does so. this week change O'Connell's thoughts about Chandler, and does it change anything you've thought about Ty Chandler, Todd? Yes, changed my thoughts about Chandler. I did not think he was an every down back. Uh, I thought he was just a one cut specialist. That if they didn't, you know, block it up perfectly, that he wouldn't be able to create. And Madison had started to show that ability in the backfield to do that. But but Chandler found uh, plenty of holes this weekend. So he he changed my mind. I didn't think he was a every down back but gosh he had the best game of the whole season for vikings back so far so he's he's better than i thought yep that's for sure and in the in the past game too he caught every ball didn't he i didn't oh, I yeah. remember any any no. drops no i love for, his uh, hands madison, if you if you throw madison the ball four times or three he's gonna drop one of them so no chandler's hands are good todd i i have no yeah. issues there and i think he could be a three down back again spelled by madison or spelled by ham uh, but O'Connell doesn't see it that way, and, and we're not the head coaches, and neither is anybody on, on Twitter or X. You know, it's it's really up to Kevin on what he does with some of those. So, well, let's see, move forward. So, I wanted to get your rationale. So, three games left, two with Detroit. Uh, Vikings probably still control their own destiny of getting into the playoffs. Would you, yeah. if you're head coach, would you go with Mullins because of that? Or are you saying, whatever happens, happens, i got to see what I have in Hall? No, he's going to run Mullins out there. No, yeah. but you, what would you do? What would I do? Yeah, you're the head coach oh, for a day, Todd. How would you play the last I, I, three games? I think my I think my job depends on if we win or not, so I probably play Mullins as well. I've heard that argument, you know, that he's got to go for the W's, but is his job in jeopardy? No, but he just wants to win. His job is to win. So we as fans have the luxury of always looking into the future or screaming about the team always looking into the future and never looking for now. So it's it's always whatever we believe the team is doing. We like to think the opposite must be true because what they're doing isn't working. Do I, am I making sense? Yep. So because he wants to try and win now, but we read it, and honestly, I'd like to see Hall. Yes, I'd like to see Hall play. I'd like to see him play a game. But I just don't, if I was the head coach, no, I'd play it the same way he is. Sure. Uh, but his job is to win. That's the uh, edict from yep. above. They don't care about four playoff spots difference from just missing the playoffs or just getting into the playoffs. So their job is to win it all and, and 
push the edges and they're analytical guys. They're putting the percentages in their favor. The percentage would obviously indicate that Mullins is, is, uh, gives them a better chance to win. That's his job is to win. And if it means one more game won, it, it, it means everything to him. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, and that makes yeah. a lot of sense, yeah. and I'm okay with it. All right, let's switch. We only yeah. got a few minutes left, Todd, but let's switch to yeah. my second favorite topic, arguably my favorite topic. It's kind of a one A and one B for me, which is the Timberwolves played the Pacers yeah. this weekend. Pacers put up tons of points, tons, but they didn't have Halliburton. And those who yeah. follow the T Wolves should know that Tyrese Halliburton is the best player on the Pacers team. Nobody can question that. When things like this happen, Todd, do you sit back and say, as a fan or as even a, a sports guy, do you sit back and say, oh, we don't get to see if the Timberwolves can handle teams at their best? Or do you say, play them as they come, the Wolves are still good. Rick Carlisle praised the team after the game, our team, the Wolves. How do yeah. you see it as a fan, as a broadcaster? What what comes to your mind when the best player on the other team doesn't play again and we handle our business? Yeah, it's honestly it's kind of unfortunate. They've had a lot of those matchups this year. I mean, they've played New Orleans three times. Zion skipped two of them, and they beat him both of those games. He plays, the New Orleans wins. So, and that's happened other times too. Now they did beat the Celtics with all hands on deck, which was a certainly a, a, a signature win uh, for them there. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Halliburton play. Now, this was, from what I understand, an ankle injury. It was not a DNP or or, or not. No, he was, was yep, uh, it was injury, yes. Yeah, so it's a little different. Uh, seriously, if they're protect, protecting the guy's health, it's legit. Yeah, that's, what can you do about that? But if it was just, you know, second game on back-to-back and, and they just want to rest him even though he's 26 years old, Right. Uh, then, yeah, that irritates the heck out of me, and I, I don't like it at all. And I want him to play against the Timberwolves. Absolutely, I want to see him play against the best. Is there 19-5, and five, or is it 20-5 and five now? Uh, is, it, is it legit? Is it Because they've played, they've had, I'll bet you, four or at least of those wins, if not five, with the Halliburton one. They've played without the one and sometimes two players on the other team playing against them, so... Uh, I I would like to see him play because I think this is a really good Timberwolves team. Yeah, they're not... what I love. What, what the best was Towns and Edwards seem to be on the same page as it doesn't matter whose team it is. It takes two two studs at the top anyway to lead the rest. You don't see anybody is no nobody's a one player team. Everybody has two star players leading the way. So and then everybody else falls in line. So let me hit on some of your points that you made, which were all awesome. Nineteen and five are the Wolves right now. Uh, John Morant out twice playing Memphis at Memphis. Right. Those games can totally flip. Um, there was a uh, this white kid for this flip. Well, they kind of killed them. And Ja is Ja's a is, stud. I know, I know, but he's kind of a blessing and a curse. I'm glad he's not on my team. That's interesting. Uh, he, he's spectacular offensively. He he doesn't play defense. He would frustrate the heck out of me on defense. <laughs> I I'm glad I'm not that he did not land on the Timbles. So Duante yeah. Murray out for Sacramento when we played them. That's a big loss for them. It's like their second yep, best player. That's right. And then that's there's right. this. Uh, Kobe, maybe not Kobe White, but Derek White for the Celtics. That's super underrated for them. That's a role nah, player that... Not, he's not one or two. I'm just talking about stars. Yeah, okay. That's one a good point. Two. So and you're right, because everybody's going to have... Everybody else, that yeah. doesn't matter. You're right. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I can't argue. Yeah. So the one the, when the yeah. when the Suns were totally healthy, they, they trounced us. When the... Yeah. Um, uh, what's the team? When the Pelicans were fully healthy, they handed it to us pretty good. 
When the, yes, they did. When the Kings well, were full. What fully... I'm hearing from you here is, now I didn't want to go this far, <laughs> but you appear to be going there. Is that the Wolves are fraud? No, this, I, I just this... I'm I'm with you, Todd. I want so, okay, them to play against the best. That, let's say they played one and two and faced everybody, and there's what half a dozen games affected by that, where the Wolves had the, were the beneficiaries. The schedule has been in their favor this year too. Yeah. Last year the schedule was terrible on the Wolves. They had a whole bunch of third road game and four nights, back-to-back road games, you know, yep. far apart. They had a brutal schedule. This year the schedule's been quite favorable, honestly. They've caught a lot of teams at home on the day off coming out back into back-to-back. Um, but so what you're saying is that the Wolves are really a 15-win team right now, not a 19-win team. Well, right? I'm going to interject. I'm going to interject, Todd, because you always told me about tide management, and I'm going to defer. Oh, yes. I'm going to defer to the fact that I'm not going to answer today. All right, but someday <laughs> you and I are going to get into it because we're up against the clock. But thank you, Todd, for calling in on your sick day. You get better, my man. I appreciate that, and I love these right. chats. We'll talk again, okay? Thanks, buddy. Sorry. All right, that's Todd Bergeth here in the Todd and Friends podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC. We hope you all have a wonderful Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.